if you guys can understand this, I might just be here. Because I can't okay. figure out how to make it better. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like I've solved the other problem, at least mm. for now. That's good. This is the trade-off. Yeah, right, I mean, I'm, no I'm matter... Yeah. No matter how you sound, your opinions are still gonna be awful. So like, <laughs> doesn't really change too much on our end, I guess. That's a good point. There's not a volume level for right. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess there is. There's the right left, but but you know what I mean. I think yeah. fundamentally. I do think I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I just noticed that I can't actually play the music this time because I was on the other. Great. <laughs> I mean, oh no, I'm oh, stuck. No. Oh, the music. Oh, How will I? Boo. Here, here, Alex, I'll do it for you. Doopy doop, 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 doop. <laughs> Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We used to be a podcast about books. Uh, and we are on our third season. This is season three, episode three. The third season is all about uh, back to school. It's about education, mostly of us. And specifically, we're in the subsection, slightly condescending film school, where my more intelligent friends teach me things about movies um, in hopefully not too mean of a tone. Although, starting off a little bit mean. We'll see. We'll see how the tone <laughs> evolves. Uh, first up today uh, in uh, Northern California my oldest friend of the panel, Mr. Ezra Fox. Master Ezra is here! Master Ezra is here! <laughs> ah, that's good. That's yeah. different from the first take that we did of this introduction. You know, I had time to go to the, the quote page <laughs> on IMDb, and that was the first one that I found. So, if we, if we have to restart again, you'll get another one. They can't all be winners. Um, also joining us uh, in southeast Portland. Uh, he's back on Twitter now. He's at Anthony Lopez Part 2. Uh, back on Twitter uh, just in time. Uh, it's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Just in time to watch it all end. Mm-hmm. Real good time to get in. Uh, but I do want to say one of my most fast, like, things that fascinates me the most about these types of movies is the fact that certain actors have to learn everything phonetically. So I'm going to try to forget everything I know about the English language and just kind of go yeah. at things phonetically for this whole episode. I think that would be I fun. I love it. That's a yeah. good idea. I think everything that I say, if you just think of as sounds and of like air moving over skin, maybe you'll like it more. That's all I really... I've, I have to come clean. That's all I've ever thought of you, Alex. I can actually... If you try that... When people are talking, if you just think of air passing over wet skin inside their throats, it's really terrible. That is honestly like... That's gross. That yeah. shook something in me that I didn't know was there. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. And I'm very bothered right now. This, I, <laughs> so thank you. I'm so sorry to do that to you. And also joining us, uh, rounding up the panel today, uh, at Hungry Hunty on Instagram, uh, also in Southeast Portland, it's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Yo, what up? I am uh, broadcasting from a bamboo tree that I'm sitting high up in <laughs> right now. It's very dangerous, and it, you don't know how I'm doing it. It seems impossible. Well, it looks I'm like you're on wires. You off, but I'm not going to use the sword that I have. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't try and cut it down either. <laughs> also, um, Hunter, I really I keep keep mentioning your Instagram, but I should definitely also remind people that you are. Uh, this is part of the Hunter Donald Cinematic Universe. Uh, yes. Uh, this is one of uh, multiple po- podcasts you regularly appear on. You're also the host of Twilight, a Twilight Imperium podcast 
called Space Cats Pizza Turtles, and also a yep, true crime show that is. called Dumb and Busted, which right, I, yeah, I would say those is the, are the two things I do more accept- accessible of the two. Right, D- Dumb and yeah. Busted is that like a uh, like a Dave and Buster's like a sponsored uh, podcast or we should go there. Oh my god, you should. Be... We did but a yeah, Dave and Buster's uh, episode on this program, and they did not sponsor us. We just gave them money and then ads. <laughs> wow, it was actually a pretty good deal for them. That's ridiculous. Can't believe you did that. Can't believe it. Um, but yeah, you guys, that's definitely a good, that would be a good product tie-in, is if somebody did a crime at a Dave and Buster's, you talked about it. Yeah, Dave I mean, and Dumb and Busted. There's definitely <laughs> been crimes done at Dave and Buster's. I can oh, assure yeah. you, Have you again, They do crimes there every day. You said yeah. that, Anthony, like you had done crimes at Dave and Buster's. Well, I mean, my lawyer has advised me not to speak about the situation, but... <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. Have, have you had their mozzarella sticks? That's a crime. All right. Mm. So, um, before we talk about the film that brought us here today, uh, we're going to catch up with what you've been watching this week. And because we're in a bit of a, a, a crunch for time, let's keep it to one thing. But what's one other thing you've been watching this week? Uh, let's start with you, Hunter. What else have you watched this week? Um, so I watched the first episode of the new Star Trek Picard show, Ooh, and I'm a big Trekkie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a grumpy old Trekkie, uh, and I'm hmm. mad, and I don't like it, and makes me upset. Um, Interesting. Because, yeah. Um, Wait, and yeah. I just feel like Patrick Stewart is maybe, thr- like, I, I don't want him to come back and do this thing if it's going to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, uh, I guess I guess this was all kind of dumb, wasn't it? Well, I mean, you telling me that the creative mind behind Star Trek Into Darkness <laughs> and the Why Mummy, Alex's favorite jobs? movie, the, the uh, actually didn't make a good Star for. Trek show? No, didn't, didn't. It's well, I mean, it's only the first episode, so this is. I'm being very, very negative in just already saying that it sucks, but I feel like that's what I feel like. I. I'm mostly very upset about the streaming wars in general. There's just too much content. I think we should all just like take a year off and make a new content. But I do mm-hmm. like that every new streaming service is like, what if one of our characters was way older or way younger than you remember? Right. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't even feel that strongly about the streaming wars, but I do feel like CBS All Access shouldn't have such good quality content. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I think like if there was, like the network itself had stuff that seemed as good on paper as what the streaming service had, I wouldn't be upset. But the fact that it's just like, no, we're literally gonna just air Big Bang Theory and CSI on the <laughs> network, and then save all the good stuff for the streaming service. Like that's wild. Makes sense. Right. Like the crappy stuff should be free and like the other stuff should be. That's true. For, yeah, right? yeah. You that's, should pay for better more model. for better stuff. I agree with that. That's a if 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 broadcast television is just like the crappy freemium version of actual CBS, it does make some sense. Cuz like you could just get it. You just like put up a piece of metal and you get it. That's crazy. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you didn't realize this, but actually uh Anthony, uh the the free version of HBO is actually uh TLC. And now you now you know. God damn it! That makes so much sense. <laughs> As what have you been watching this week? Uh, I have been uh, finishing. Well, okay, so still working through Broad City, which is still incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've been also uh, like taking, getting, just saving the last couple episodes of The Good Place. Uh, oh, I love so much. Okay, and, um, I love The Good Place. I love 
the good place the most. But does it feel like maybe this season could have been shorter? Uh, it feels you don't like have to watch the last episode if you feel that way. Well, here, you, that, can just, you, can, you can make it shorter anytime you want. That Alex. I watched the last episode four times now, and then more episodes show up every time. I'm like, this is a little bit soft for an ending, but it sure does seem like the end. And then there's more. Uh, that's kind of fair. That's a little. It's a little Lord of the Ringsy, but it's I'm feeling okay with very it. Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. Uh, Let's see. I've been. Uh, oh, I'm. I'm, just, I'm working towards. This is going to be. We'll talk way more about this next week because I'm just trying to get caught up for our episode next week about Oscar Best Picture noms. Uh, but this week I did watch Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And oh, um, let's see. Uh, let's probably let's talk about Joker. Uh, I don't like movies with stand-up comics in them. Yeah. And that's my main take. Okay, that's it. That's, that's all it. you That's got. how I feel. That's all it made you feel. Okay, like, okay. I I'll just tell you what. There's one preview of what I'm going to say, which is that uh, I feel like it was justified to kill the host of the Tonight Show <laughs> because the premise of this movie is that the host of the Tonight Show planted uh-huh. a hidden camera at an open mic and right. then broadcast and made fun of an amateur practicing his art. Yeah, you know, pr- 30 years before anything like that was ever on television. You know, the 1980s, that <laughs> John, that time in which they loved to embarrass random people with YouTube clickbait? I mean, <laughs> the idea of filming, like, if somebody, if, if you're at a comedy club and you have your phone now, they will, recording, they will kick you out. You can't just bring in the Tonight Show camera and be like, man, you know, there's a lot of content that I could show right now, but have you seen this asshole who's trying to learn an art in a perfectly normal way? <laughs> I'm going to make fun of his mental illness. Like, I think maybe, that was like the like the other people mostly, but that guy was like, kind of deserved that. I think he got what he was, was coming to him. Yeah, I personally feel like that movie is worth it just for the idea of Batman beating the shit out of this mentally unhealthy yeah. human being. <laughs> Right. Like, Who the is idea a, a, that abandoned this guy by the system. is a supervillain is right. so wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> this, right. He's giving his mom a bath, and Batman is going to kick his ass. <laughs> Man, okay, all that and more uh, next week. Wait, we're talking guys, about the Oscars. Guys, does Batman just hate baths? Is that what this whole thing was about? <laughs> oh, it was Bathman. Well, oh, I totally misunderstood that. Yeah, That's the thing well, he hey, fears man, the most. People miss that. If a weirdo came and put his fingers in your mouth, you'd want to go beat the fuck out of people, too, when you were adults. You know Hold what I mean? Hold on a second. Oh, Hold on a second. What did he eat before he put his fingers in my mouth? Is he sharing some uh, delicious morsel? No, no. <laughs> no. He- um, imagine a weird skinny man just putting his fingers in your mouth while your butler just stares at him doing nothing. But what was on his fingers? So if right. you're saying, like, this guy just, like, he just, like, punched a fondue then you're all about it yes thank you or if they had olives like or bugles like they're supposed to no i love that olives (laughs) on the end of the fingers you know like pitted olives and he's just sticking them in your mouth that's beautiful and romantic now i'm into it um also very sexy the idea that him and batman are brothers anyway we'll talk more about this later um uh, huge spoiler you just threw in there (laughs) don't care don't watch it hated it every bit of it um (laughs) The more important... Also, they're not. Who cares? Because the movie does not care. Um, <laughs> right. The movie doesn't care either. Uh, uh, Anthony. 
What did you watch yeah. this week? Uh, so just minutes ago, before we started recording this, uh, Heather so and hours I were thinking ago. about we were thinking about how the decade, a new decade, is starting and wanting to kind of see how far a film has gotten. So we mm. decided to watch Tron Legacy, uh, oh, which yeah. is in a lot of ways been uh, a really good capsule for the next ten years of movies in terms of like. It's visual fidelity, recreating younger versions oh, of yeah. modern yeah. actors. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of things that that movie sort of did that um, have really made a huge impact in terms of the, the next 10 years of movies. And it's Although some, still so not... Visual fidelity, still, good. Younger versions yeah. of actors, the worst. So Yes, yeah. it, it has definitely... We have, like, I forgot how bad... Uh, the weird CGI Jeff Bridges looks in that movie does not look very good. Uh, and, like, it's the type of thing, like, I don't like it when I usually see it in modern movies, but it's amazing how much better it looks when you see how it looked 10 years ago. Um, so I, that was really ha, is there a situ- Is there an instance where they where a movie has done that and it's been like, wow, glad they did that? Hmm. Is there a good use of this actor as a kid? I mean, I am personally, uh, just as being the sick fuck that I am, cannot wait for the James Dean Vietnam movie that is coming out next year. (laughs) Um, Um, Why is that sick? What's the sick part of that that you want to see? James Dean is starring in a Vietnam movie that's coming out next year. But the way you said it, you made it sound like you were going to, like, jerk it to that movie. Like, why... No, not not the porn star. No. The actor from the (laughs) 50s who died in a car crash. They're doing a whole movie. Oh. Starring uh, James Dean, the classic... Why would you do that? Because they can't. Because they were too busy... Yeah, too busy thinking whether or not they could. (laughs) Not if they should. should. Uh, Well, let's go... So, uh, let's get into this movie. So, this week, uh, we are watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from the year 2000. Speaking of beginning of a decade of films. um, And this defined the decade of films. Basically, every movie in the 2000s. Uh, the people could fly inexplicably. Huh? But, All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we talk about about the details of it, Anthony, why have you picked this film for me? Um, well, I really liked Hunter's style last week of um, Things choosing you just wanted a to film watch. you wanted to rewatch yeah. or watch for the first time. I had not seen this movie since high school. I am a very big uh, Ang Lee fan, just in general. I think he is... One of the most interesting filmmakers to ever live. Just if you look at like the subject matter he chooses and like every film that he makes, it's like, wait, he's making what next? It's just wild. Um, but also, this movie is like, like you said, in terms of uh, a film that's been wildly influential. It was stolen from so much, like this in the Matrix coming out within two years, basically set up like the template for the next. Multiple years of yeah, basically film. And also- a- after these after this period, anybody who had a fight scene at normal speed seemed weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, and also I think that kind of with what I was talking about last week with the um, sort of the the use of blocking, I genuinely think this movie is up there with like the only film that comes close in the last twenty years is like Mad Max Fury Road in terms mm. of like. Uh, 
like an action movie in which almost all the character growth happens through action. Like, very little of it happens through dialogue or story. It's all just through really well choreographed and shot action, you get all the major character arcs. And I just think this movie is a great example of that type of storytelling. Okay, well, that's a hint to me of the things that I should have noticed and didn't. But um, <laughs> before we uh, talk more about those, Ezra, will you give me the shortest possible summary of this movie? Yeah. Uh, so, guy and a girl, really good at kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Guy wants to give up his sword so they can just be together. But then... Like, go from kicking girl. it to grabbing <laughs> it. What's that? <laughs> Going from kicking ass to grabbing ass. Okay, yes, very good. <laughs> Aren't you glad you heard uh, that one a second you, time, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> um, so basically, though, uh, dude wants to give away his sword in mm-hmm. order to, like, uh, you know, be just, like, uh, you know, cool and not killing people. Uh, but before he can give away the sword, someone steals the sword. Uh, we don't know who it is, but it turns out it is a very fancy, fancy lady who um, <laughs> actually has been, mis- like like, underestimated. Because previously she was in the desert and learned how to be all rough and tumble with this uh, uh, roguish kidnapping guy. Um, and <laughs> a kidnapper. That's well, what he is. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. One of those, one of those kidnappers that you get Stockholm Syndrome for. Well, mm-hmm. right. I, um, I want to stress this because I, I really feel like Alex is going to hope on this later. But he is the opposite of a kidnapping guy. He yeah. does not kidnap her at all. She chases him into the desert, and all he does is try to keep her from dying from dehydration in the sun. Okay. I mean, he did kind of bind her legs and and this, hands. Yes. This chick can fly. She could <laughs> kick his ass at any time she Couldn't wanted Couldn't she not to. fly at that point? No, she could fly no, these since she was 10 around, years yeah. old. Oh, that's yeah. weird. She is okay. in complete but control of that entire situation. How did she keep that under wraps for 10 years? Because yeah, I don't think yeah, do you I would have been able to. Yeah, you who can keep a, a secret of any kind? Yeah, But also, I mean, Anthony, you, Anthony, just, okay, you're just ready to let him off the hook, but he ambushed and killed everyone she's ever known. No, he didn't kill anybody. Home. He didn't yeah. kill anybody. He robbed them because they were rich and they were poor, and he's been trying to survive with these people. I got for the his impression that life. his people killed their people. Is that not what happened? Yeah. I don't think you, anyone. Did. I was. I saw no bodies. Yeah. I guess I'll say. Yeah, and yeah. you think the good, the rich people in Parasite are the good guys, Alex? You <laughs> right, don't understand right. any of this. <laughs> I didn't right. say the good guys. I said the sympathetic characters. Right, you you said like the better, better people. I just want yeah, the better people that I would much rather hang out with. Um, but basically, uh, uh, to wrap it up, there's also a, a like a really, really, really bad killer, Jade Fox. Uh, and she killed uh, no relation. The, the sword dude's uh, master. Um, there's also, I think, probably some sexism that she uh, was uh, you know, had to deal with, which is was pretty unfair. Uh, she trained up the, the the fancy lady. The fancy lady is now a badass. Uh, fancy lady steals and unsteals the sword several times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically, like the the almost Jade to the Fox, extent that it's uh, not clearer that it mattered to me. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, right. Well, it matters. I think it's sort of like it's like a power up. You know, so it's like it's like if you're Mario, you need to have like maybe like a mushroom to get you bigger. If you're already big Mario, though, you don't need it. 
Right. So I think like <laughs> that's exactly right. She was big Mario for long periods of time and didn't need the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. At that point, doesn't matter. Uh, but basically, yeah. Uh, uh, dude dies. Um, Jade Fox dies, and then maybe Fancy Lady uh, also flies away, uh, or goes back to living uh, with the with the Stockholm syndrome dude uh, in the desert. We don't know. Yeah, anything can happen. It's possible. It depends on if suicide exists in this world or not. Right? I mean, I think it does, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but she <laughs> flies away. Happen. I think that would be such a weird explanation for the ending to be like, well, and obviously suicide is impossible in this world. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no, but, I, but mean, do, I mean, so you're saying it's, it's, it's obvious to you that she does die? No, I, I, I'm just saying that would be a weird way to explain it. Oh, like, it's just all. if it was that just like, like, oh, like there's no point, such thing as suicide. You know? Like, there's no... Um, like, if you showed that movie, turned it off, and was like... And obviously, that's trying to say that there's no suicide in that world. That would be like, that's just a weird direction. If wire, you can wire, fly, fly. You know, it's, I think it's me saying, like, hey, if you can fly, then who knows what happens when you jump off of things. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, she was most, she was flying, sort of. Like, yeah. 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 So, is it possible if you can fly? Is it, is it like, if you can fly, could you ever jump off something and die that way? <laughs> well, I mean, I. You. Like, well, it depends. Is flying like, uh, like a subconscious reaction that kicks in, or exactly. something you're in control of? You know? Yes. So, is it like, like breathing, where it's like I can't just hold my breath, um, but like dolphins can until you die? But is it like, um, uh, or is it like more like running, where I'm like at any moment I'll just stop? Wait, I just want to get something across here, Pat. Yeah. We're the ones condescending you about film right, school yeah. here. <laughs> We're the <laughs> yeah. Wait, was that condescending? Well, I just imagine going into film school and like watching this movie and being like, "But okay, are you saying you can't commit suicide in this universe?" So what you're saying but, is, in this school, you think I'm stupid, which is in line with the condescending no. thing. No, no. <laughs> I don't know how to inter. I legitimately don't know how to interpret the end of the movie because it seems like you can. She flew and she can fly other times, so it seems like why believe that she's dead? But then yeah, it does it, seem kind of like a rude way ambiguous. to break up with that guy. It's deliberately ambiguous, but it would just be weird if if uh, all your only questions about that are really just about the rules of flying yeah. in that universe. I, well, <laughs> okay, well let, let's start out. My so the, the the next segment of the show is what's called no stupid questions. Where okay, cool. Ezra and I ask uh, Hunter and Anthony questions about the movie um, that are not stupid because they can't be in this time and place. Right. Question number one: Why can these people fly? Most of the time, in my experience, people cannot fly. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, this because Ang Lee, in his infinite knowledge, after this making you know sense and sensibility and the ice storm, decided <laughs> to go make a wushu epic. <laughs> You know, like Ang Lee does. And then okay. he followed that up with the Hulk and then a gay cowboy movie that's also very good. Because he's a wild guy. That's that's why Wait, that's really true. Yeah. Ang okay, is, that's crazy. Yeah, Ang Lee has the wildest... You know what he followed Brokeback Mountain with? A terrible comedy starring Dimitri Moton. Then he made Life of Pi. He's is that lust, and ca- or lust Caution? 
No, Lust Caution, yeah, that was the, um, no, Lust Caution was the, I forgot about that one. That was after he made his gay cowboy movie. Mm-hmm. He made a NC-17 erotic spy thriller <laughs> that was also entirely in Mandarin. Uh, and then he made his terrible comedy starring Dimitri Martin. Hey, what's what's that? Mo- what movie are you talking about? Was Dimitri Martin in it? Uh, Taking Woodstock. Okay, that was him. Yes, that's an Ang Lee movie. I just assumed it wasn't. No, <laughs> because it doesn't well, seem like right. it should be. Most of the be. time, Hunter, most movies are not Ang Lee movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, right. a it's a good yeah, default. Yeah. It's yeah. a good thing way is, to approach movies. Any movie could be an Ang Lee movie, and that's yeah. an incredible thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what really decides it is if Ang Lee, in fact, did make the movie. That is yeah. absolutely... You can tell usually by next to the director title <laughs> whose name is there most if of the time. If it's Ang Lee's name, there's a very good chance it's Ang Lee. I was just yeah. about to say, like, I feel like movies should have to tell me... It's like it's like a cop. It's like undercover cop. It's like, you have to tell me if you're an Ang Lee movie. But you just pointed <laughs> yeah. out, in fact, they well, do tell you I that. mean, it's I don't know credits. if you've ever paid attention to credits yeah. before, but that's I, literally what they do. I realized uh, it. Every movie will tell you whether or not it's an Ang Lee God, movie. God, I want to watch a movie where the, it opens and says, like, probably directed by Ang Lee. <laughs> like, like, we're not, we're not 100% certain. Okay, so, man, so why is his career like this? Because it seems like, well, okay, before asking if people can fly. Because he can, can fly, do anything. Yeah, so well, why, why does he just get to do anything? And also, why is he so good at such wildly different well, types of movies. Here's here's the thing about Ang Lee, from everything I can gather, because I'm fascinated by the guy. Mm-hmm. And I've watched if you, if you watch any interviews with him, he's a very soft spoken, uh, quiet person. Uh he's very, very religious and spiritual. And he talks about how he wanted to be an actor and then someone asked him to direct something one day, and he was like, yeah, sure. And then he just lived the rest of his life with that philosophy. <laughs> he just, like, things come to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, someone asked me to make this, so I'll make that. He just is, like, this very, like, it just seems what he should do next, because he kind of, like, works off that energy. Um, so he just, like... Yeah. The- He's just a guy who answers the phone. Yeah, but also is, like, the type of guy who spends months working with actors and, like, okay, before we shoot a single, you know, frame of film, I'm going to teach you to be a baby again and grow up to be an adult. (laughs) Uh, He, like, does stuff like that, like, makes act completely molds actors to be the exact type of performance he wants. He's just a fascinating enigma for fascinating. Uh, as a filmmaker, and and uh. I had I had no idea that Hulk and Brokeback Mountain and Life of Pi were the same person. Like that is a very, yeah. very surprising he, run. Ang Lee was the first non-white man to win an Academy Award for Best Director. Uh, oh, you he's, know what's a bummer though, guys? What he turned down an offer to direct Terminator through Three: Rise of the Machines. There's an alternate uh. universe somewhere. Where is the Ang Lee Terminator movie? And I that would, would love to see it. Well, he was going to do it, but then this robot from the future showed up and was like, if you do this, movies will be too good. We can't handle it. <laughs> and, and then the movies will, well, they'll become aware of themselves. Yeah, and right? The movies will take over. We don't want it. Um, man, that's so interesting. Um, okay, so. So now I've learned a little bit of Ang Lee, who I've never heard of before. It's great. And I know, also for future reference, movies let you know if he's directing them or not. So I can just look for that at the beginning. 
Although normally, pro tip, Alex. If I'm yeah. being honest, uh, when I watch a movie at the beginning where there's like a slow scene with some words over it, I ignore the words and watch the scene because I don't care who like was in charge of uh, casting, right? I'm not super yeah. interested in the casting director. Because you think that the casting director should also be the set designer. I mean, well, what's the difference actually, between so, the two so jobs? That's, <laughs> other thing that I've said on the show before is that I think the reason they do that is in case I was making a movie and I need a casting director, I would see this ad for herself and be like, her. Um, which might not be the reason why credits happen. Maybe it's so her friends will cheer when it comes up. I don't know. But what I do know is I normally don't watch them but now I'm going to watch them in case one of them is Ang Lee. I don't want to be surprised. That makes sense. That's my new pro tip. So I'm going to yeah. try to figure out who the director is. That's a lesson from this. Yeah. So far, could, aggressively condescending film school. Sneak peek in the takeaways. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, okay, so given that, so given that Ang Lee has a, a strange oeuvre, you did say, Anthony, something about you you called this movie something uh, a uh, wushu epic. So a wushu epic. Wushu so is what a classic is that? style of like um, like Chinese Hong Kong uh, action cinema. They're usually movies that take place during sort of like classical historical Chinese uh, periods and have this type of martial arts in it. They're like heavily choreographed, people flying, doing supernatural mm -hmm. things. There's a Wait. whole history okay, and so there's, subgenre. So okay, so this. this is a genre there is a genre of martial arts films where people fly. I mean, I think it actually goes back before films. It's like literature. Like, it's very yeah. it's very old. Yeah, so like uh this type of story of like you know, supernatural martial arts and, like, these skills that you can only learn from, uh, you know, like, a specific master who lives in a certain place, you know? Like, Kill Bill is probably the most famous sort of American uh. example of this, but that movie deals with the same type of supernatural-esque martial arts. Um, but yeah, there's a long history of this type of filmmaking and just classical storytelling stuff. Is uh, it yeah. Anthony? Uh, Hero is another example of this, right? The 2002 Jet yep. Li. Yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, that was, you know, there was like anything that is successful, there's like a gold rush to be like, let's make, let's take all, like, like these movies have been happening in the East for a long time, but post this movie and like especially like winning a bunch of Academy Awards and being this hugely profitable type of film plus the matrix like a bunch of these movies for like six seven years after this there would be like one or two of these epics that they would bring over every year hoping to recapture this and none of them quite did as well as this movie that i can think of but yeah i mean so that okay so here, that brings me to one of my next questions which is like why this movie why so most of the time, m movies in Chinese about, uh, well, really, oh. the end, don't make it into the America's mainstream consciousness for a while. Like, so how, how, did, this, how did this get to us? Why did everybody, well, why was everybody so into it? Well, I mean, I, I would say that it's, not, sorry, you know, that, that's not like it's not worthy of it, but I guess just like, yeah. maybe there's been a well, million amazing movies in China and I don't ever hear about it. So why did I hear about this one? Well, I mean, you have, you know, a huge series of factors right you have you know around this time jackie chan and jet lee movies were getting very popular in the states 
You have Ang Lee, who's a filmmaker who has, you know, wild success in the States and success all over the world. And he is making one with, you know, Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeoh. You were like very well-known actors, at least, you know, in the... In China, they were very, very popular, but here they were, like, most people around that time knew who Chow Young-Fat was, right? Really? Um, yeah, well, he, so he'd already done, like, the Corruptor uh, replacement killers. Like, basically, these yeah. are, like, this is, I think this is a good one in that, like, a lot of the key people in it had already made some inroads, basically, into American cinema, enough to, like, sort of get it started, where it wasn't, like, kind of started from scratch entirely. Yeah, and I think, again, like, really having Ang Lee as someone who is, you know, he's a Taiwanese filmmaker, but he had been making state movies in the States for 10, 15 years at this point, had been nominated for several Oscars, uh, so him deciding to make a film entirely in Mandarin was, like, a risky bet, but also, like... It just kind of caught on, especially like in a post-Matrix. You know, this movie has the same fight choreographer as the Matrix, whooping. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, like, there was this kind of, you know, riding that wave just of a lot of different things. Jackie Chan was getting really big in the States at this time, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, okay, that's super interesting. Um, by, the, by the way, I'm just reading Jackie Chan's uh, autobiography, uh, Never Grow Old. Um, oh shit! And uh, one, it's super interesting. And basically, like, Jackie. Like, I mean, as into, I don't, like, I don't want to. I mean, I'm cinema. sure this is interesting, but could you like actually focus on the show? Why are you reading a book? <laughs> uh, you know what? Sometimes you want to hear about punching instead of seeing punching. <laughs> yeah. You know? get, get, get that's how the eardrums feel. I want the science <laughs> of punching. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, so one, Sorry. Jackie is insane and has done like a lot of insane stuff. But but also basically, you can see like. He worked really hard to try to break into America movies, like, again and again, basically. Like, it took a long-ass time uh, oh, for him to, like, actually uh, get his to break punch his, way like in. his third try. Um, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, my other question, a couple, one or two more quick questions. Um, uh, so... I'm gonna. I'm gonna. My I, my wife and I watched this, and she asked a question, and I can't remember exactly her phrasing, so I'm just gonna paraphrase. Um... A lot of broads, huh? That normal? <laughs> so that's not uh, yeah, what... like the, fe- the the feminist angle of it. Yes, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to ask. So yeah, so yeah. so I... in in the uh, what was the name? Is it uh, Wusha? Wusha. In the Wusha martial arts films, is it common for this many incredible badass uh, women to be fighting? And then is the thing about you know this this young badass is like so cool, but like is mad that women couldn't train there. Is that like a common storyline, or is this like breaking some new ground? Um, it's kind of hard because I've only seen a like a small handful of movies in this genre, but I have read that. So like, this movie actually did not do that well in China. Oh, um, for a lot of very weird reasons. Uh, but I did specifically read someone saying that the kind of feminist angle of it was not considered like very, it 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 wasn't that um, genre defying for a Chinese audience. Like they had seen other wuxia movies that had taken similar angles before. Oh, interesting. So, so I guess maybe like in the middle where it's like basically it's neither the norm nor it's so groundbreaking either. Uh, yeah, maybe a donut yeah. hole of representation. Oh, so um, interesting. Uh, also, I think maybe one of the, is one of the reasons why it didn't do super well uh, in China is just that like uh, 
all the accented uh, Mandarin that the leads were speaking, basically, that was yeah, like... That, yeah. Uh, the, the, they, couldn't, they, they weren't nailing the um, accents. They, they weren't, um, I guess, I don't know. I don't even know what, uh, if it was Mandarin or Cantonese that they were speaking in the actual film. I believe it's Mandarin. Mandarin. They're speaking Mandarin. Uh, yeah, I see. But yeah, Chow Yun-Fat, uh, I think, like, native uh, Cantonese speaker, Michelle Yao, uh, I think, was raised in, I think, Malaysia, and so, like, I, like had spoken with an English-slash-Malay accent. Um, Interesting. Yeah, like, I know Michelle Yao, you know, um, learned this movie entirely phonetically. Oh, uh, so her entire performance was uh, <laughs> phonetically taught to her, which is one of those things when you see an actor, especially acting so is like to learn your lines that way it's mind-blowing to me it is mind-blowing is there an example of a film where somebody is speaking english phonetically and i wouldn't notice i mean the same actress in this movie in rush hour 2 uh yeah zeng yeah in rush hour 2 learned all our lines phonetically uh Uh, oh man um, i haven't uh seen the first rush hour and i kind of want to watch them in order but that is fascinating uh Rush Hour is really fun, I thought. Uh, but but also, uh, if you ever saw the movie uh, The Fall, um, Anthony, I'm, I'm assuming you have the Tarsum Singh. Um, I love that. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, okay, so basically, like, yeah. So that that uh, that uh, the child actress, I think, did not speak English and learned it. I think. Man, what a man! That's bananas. And the, the idea that you could do it and it would still be annoying to people makes sense to me. The idea that you could learn it and I didn't notice is that's just crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's so incredibly impressive um alex i show you know all these podcasts i actually don't speak english this has been written out for me phonetically all of them <laughs> wow somebody is typing phonetically very fast yes because my parts are. i'm just improvising <laughs> so um because i so i mean personally i actually found a little bit of the accents annoying in the movie but it was because they had more of a reading accent it was more of a I have to read this movie, and that accent annoys me. Oh, I see. <laughs> I So, look, and I know I'm the only person who does not like subtitled movies. It's just that we were trying to watch the movie and also eat soup, and it just really hampers soup. Because you, ha- cause it's, not, you it's have to not that look. much dialogue, buddy. It's mostly flying. <laughs> I'm t- I was, look, I lived it. I was eating soup, and I was like... Every time I look down to see if I got enough soup on the spoon, I miss a line. And now I don't know who's the good guy or bad guy. Yeah, honestly, I think this says more about your soup eating skills I'm, than anything else. My wife is a, a normal straw, person. Man. She it also had this issue. <laughs> Straws are not big enough for soup. Also not made for a hot soup, stuff. A, a soup straw, and you can get like a boba one, I think. That'd oh, I could get you. a boba straw. That's true. That would be large oh, enough right. for soup. All right. Well, you, so Fair next on. time I watch a movie that's subtitled, I'm gonna I'm gonna boba straw some <laughs> soup. That is the normal person thing to do. Apparently, we solved it. <laughs> so let's do for uh, our our last segment of this. We're gonna do uh, test prep. So Anthony and Hunter are going to make sure we know our main takeaways that we need to take away from this movie. And Ezra and I, and Ezra, you, you play both sides. Obviously, you're both teacher and student, depending on how you're feeling. Um, so you're, oh, I'm you're, like I'm like a, a teacher's aide. 
Exactly right. You're you're a, you're a TA where you are also taking the class and sometimes get promoted, and it's created a weird power dynamic with the other students. But yeah, Alex, hold my books. <laughs> that sounds like you're gonna go fight somebody. Um, hold my books and my earrings, Alex. <laughs> so I uh, anyway, and then I'm gonna tell you things that I'm taking away instead. Um, so what's, uh, Hunter, what's a takeaway from this movie that I should have that I probably don't? Mm, um, I feel like, um, a, a really good takeaway is that this, this is a really great genre of movie. It's very specific. Um, but if you ever looked up like any other, like if you thought that all of the crazy fight scenes were great, um, I actually feel like Crouching Tiger is kind of an example of like a slower version of this genre so if Wait, you want they, people like, do this this fast punching faster well it's more like um it's more like this movie has a lot of plot and a lot of character oh, and it's all okay. very good plot and very good character um but if you started just kind of checking out the other like the other kind of movies in this uh style i think you would find uh that plot starts taking a backseat and really uh kind of goofier crazier choreography kind of takes the front seat um and i would say probably the weirdest thing in this movie is the ending when she does fly away um but honestly i was kind of this is the first time i'd ever seen this movie um and i was expecting it to have a lot more stuff like that of just like weird ambiguous like um whoa what does that even mean i don't even understand how to interpret that kind of stuff so this Um, is that donut hole thing as i was talking about where it's like more grounded than people who watch a lot of Rusha would expect but then for me it's yeah. like sure wonder if she's dead or not right yes mm. and i think the takeaway is that this could have been weirder for you, you know? <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> i so i definitely am interested in that idea i mean the like the fight choreography is incredible and i yeah i don't know enough i mean like the part okay so so i love the wire work i just love that they can fly I just I'm I, I would love to know why, but it's, I was like, oh, they read a book. It's a good book. Um, and if knowing how to fly was in a book, that's a good way to hide it for me. I'll never find it. So everyone else can fly, and I can't. It's because of books. I get it. It makes perfect sense to me. But um, because of the fighting was so stylized, it was also very hard for me to tell if somebody was doing well or not. Like every fight, <laughs> I did not know who was winning. It was sort of like watching hockey for me, where I'm just fight. like, I don't know who's good. I can't tell what's happening here. Well, wait, but you couldn't tell who was good in like the restaurant fight where she's just murking dude oh, after dude and okay. all coming you up. Okay, you know like, she was winning, right? Yeah, I did catch the. Yeah. She, yes, yes, yes. I meant between the two. I mean, like she the top was four. annihilating people. during yeah. the, when the with the top four seeds. I couldn't tell who was good. I could tell if like <laughs> the, the like the Russian national Olympic te- hockey team played like some local kids. Um. By the way, that restaurant, let's talk about that restaurant fight really quick. So this 12-year-old girl shows up and is like, hey, I'm the king of all fighting. And then the mob, one at a time, 50 guys fights her to the death. And it was... I mean, it's more of them trying to get a lesson from her and her just being like, you're wasting my time. I'm just going to beat the shit out of all well, you okay, guys. Okay, sure. So leave if, me alone. But there's like so many ways to get a lesson from somebody yeah. that's not like running at her with clubs. No, I get it because it's kind of like she's a celebrity and they wanted like a selfie, and that's like that's, that's what the it right was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this was her. She was yeah. just constantly fighting paparazzi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I changed it to. Uh, but anyway, they um, it's fine. Uh, it's definitely not right. They, 
But my my favorite thing about that was like if you're the like the last guy she fights, like you should not win. Like if you were that guy and you won, no one would be like, "What a great fighter you are." They'd be like, "Wait, so there were 40 of you and she beat 39 of you and then you killed this child?" She was the cool one. We, like nobody wanted you to win. So I feel like they shouldn't have tried that hard towards the end cuz there's just no upside socially. Okay. Just that's a, again very interesting thing to take away from the That's movie. what I took away from that fight. Yeah. It's like if you're ever in a huge what? group fighting uh yeah. like what could be the greatest fighter of all time, you don't want to win that way. Yeah. Um but if we're going to talk about any fight scene, can we talk about the uh in the training, like dojo between her and uh, Michelle Yeoh. Oh, the Yeoh. every weapon training. Uh, yes, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Easily one of my, I think one of the greatest fight scenes ever produced. Just the amount of creativity and going through weapons and just like the Wrecking storytelling. Really beautiful that chairs and tables. It's just unbelievable how yeah. good that sequence is to me. Oh, wait, Anthony, did you know that uh, Zhang Ziyi uh, didn't have any uh, martial arts training? That she just had dance training? And no. That's how she treated, um, yeah, basically, the, the, by learning the moves, it's just as dance moves. I mean, that's, doesn't, that, that's not, like, she's not the only person who's yeah. noticed that crossover. That's really... Yeah. But, I mean, was good enough also. Like, it not, I mean, yes, it makes sense you can make, like, martial arts like dancing. But, yeah. like, yeah. To, to make, like, dancing, like, uh, like good enough for martial arts uh, at this level is pretty cool. Well, it and cool. especially to hold your own with two of the most famous martial arts uh, actors of their generations, uh, scene after scene, is incredibly impressive. And think about it that way. I couldn't you know? tell if she was winning or not. Hmm. You well, go by the reactions, right? It's just like yeah. it's, you look, look. Do they look scared or do they look impressed? Right? Like you. Just That's what I was doing. So, but she looked scared a lot, and then they would be like, "God, yeah." Like, so were they just like always not killing her on purpose because they liked her? Well, well, uh, again, that's kind of my thing. I would say that this movie's so good that you can take away from is if you look at the fight scenes as storytelling and really try to examine them like that. Yeah. Like, think about like. The first fight scene when she steals the sword and she confronts the uh, older woman who knows who she is, right? She knows immediately who she is. Right. And the way they're fighting, it's like her trying to keep her there. Like, all of her moves are about, like, pushing down on her legs and, like, trying to stop her from fleeing. Right. And then, like, uh, everything with uh, Chow Young-Fat when he, like, just wants to be her teacher and is just trying to teach her lessons, you know? There's this great, like, line he has about how, like, the sword won't stop shaking in your hand. So, like, every time she has the green uh, sword, yeah, it's just constantly vibrating in her hand, you know? And, like, watching Oh, I thought that was just, like, she had weak that. wrists because she was 12 and that sword was heavy. Well, she's much older than 12. Again, Alex, you're very bad at these things. Uh, uh, I did look it up. She was but, 21 at the time. Yeah, but, like, the the idea of, like, every single fight scene is, like, driving the narrative forward. And I, I do think that's, like, you know, part of, like, the director and the filmography. I think, like I said, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. the first Matrix yeah. movie, also does this incredibly well. Where there's a lot of fight scenes, but if you stop and just watch the fight scene and think about the story that's being conveyed with every punch and block and reverse and, like everything that's happening you can get so much 
unique character growth that That's way. Such um, an interesting point, and this is exactly why we're doing this series because, like, I could tell you that I liked those three action movies more than other action movies, and I couldn't have said exactly what it was about it. But it's that, like, Mad Max Fury Road is like one action scene the whole time, but developing stuff as it's going on. And I didn't realize that, but that's a very good point. Anyway, I'm just great. Good job. You're doing good, Teach. No, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, actually, um, I'm going to springboard off of that since you're being such a good teacher to tell you one of my takeaways from this um, is because I teach stand-up, and um, so I have like a thought a little bit about the teacher-student relationship, but I had not thought so much about the possibility of your student killing you. Mm. And <laughs> that just seems like so well, stressful. Have you ever seen a uh, stand-up so good that you went up to him and you were like, let me train you? (laughs) Uh, you (laughs) So, I haven't because that would make me a real asshole, but other people have seen people and been like, you're new, but you're very promising, you should take Alex's class. That is a real thing. Oh, wow. And, and and they said no, I'm good. Yeah, and then they tried yeah, to kill like, me. Uh, it was I really don't need weird. To tell me what to do. This is supposed to be for fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that is actually a pretty reasonable reaction for comics too. Um, but uh, it, it, the flip side of like it's scary that students could kill you. But I guess the flip side is that sometimes your students will carry on your beef against other people's students that you don't like. Mm. So it's kind of mm-hmm. yeah, it's got like pros and cons. Very true. As do you have a takeaway from this movie on either side? Uh, gosh, um, I, I I guess like. This is so. This is one of the devices I really like. I don't know if there's a good word for it. It's kind of the opposite of a frame story. Uh, it's like sort of like it's. I want to say like a, I don't know, like a like a like a, I don't know, like a picture within a picture story kind of thing. It's oh, like basically sure. you get this twenty minute sort of mini film uh, cutaway uh, smashed into the middle of it of um, like their life in the desert. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like a I Russian nesting doll. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and, and I mean, like, definitely this is, like, a thing I think that, that Quentin Tarantino loves a lot because, you know, we do see the same kind of, like, train sequence in, uh, like, uh, in Kill Bill uh, Part 2, uh, where I think it's just, like, this is a really interesting way if you have, like, a longer runtime, I guess, to play around with, um, that you get just, like, kind of like, drop a very different thing. I, I think... The, yeah, yeah, especially, like, we'll, really- we'll, we'll talk about more later, but uh, next week, but the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's, like, we're just going to watch this fake Western for 30 minutes. Yeah, and I think this like interesting thing that I guess that people can do where it's like, what are the, like, what are the movies within the movie? I guess like these chunks of things. I, I mean, I talked about like uh, Reefy Fee before, where it's like it's a twenty-minute uh, silent heist scene, basically, and like yeah. you get these kind of like long sequences. Like, um, I think maybe it, I don't know if this is right or not, but like I know when um, uh, when Spielberg and Lucas and I think. Uh, Kazan, we're like uh, talking about um, uh, what Raiders of the Lark, Raiders of the Lost Ark was was supposed to be. Um, they talked about sort of this idea of like uh, a serial with like a, a cliffhanger every like movie reel, basically. So you had like these like distinct like kind of like 15, 20 minute like chunks. Interesting. Um, and it's like kind of a nice way of like how do you break up this like longer thing into something that is like uh, can hold interest. And one of the ways is I guess you you take one of those chunks and you have a very different like sort of like episode there. Um. The uh, this keeps so we come up with Kill Bill a couple of times. Um, we can make this brief, but like, should I have liked that movie? <laughs> you keep talking know, about man. it, like I should have liked it. And I, I mean, I only watched the first half because there's this weird thing in that movie where they're like halfway through, they're like, "Hey, 
you got to pay $12 again to see the rest of this movie, which <laughs> I'm not into. Um, I felt like, I felt like I was watching like a, like a freemium version of that movie. Um, but I guess I, I think I like, I mean, I was in college a while ago, but I hated it more than anything I've ever watched in theaters. And I just wonder, was that wrong? Uh, I mean, it's not my favorite Tarantino movie by a long shot, but I I enjoy those films, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, the I second like one Kill more Man. actually. Also. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. do. I I would agree with that. I do think the second one well, is. But that only makes it more movie. obnoxious that I had to buy the second half of the film to be like, well, okay, look, At but we saved the Alex, good parts. You could probably find a way to watch it without having to pay twelve dollars. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out. There. That's true. That's true. But at the time, I was very mad. Um. All right. I will say I do I do feel like Kill Bill is a little closer to the like samurai film tradition than it is wuxia. Um, there is not as much like wire stuff or like almost like I feel like wuxia always has like stuff that doesn't even make sense where you're just like oh this is just the rules of this world are completely different. Whereas uh, I feel like Kill Bill actually the the most wuxia thing in Kill Bill is the five finger the pime thing. What, yeah. yeah. What is that called in there? Yeah, that the is five very much, finger. That's, that's wuxia. Uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super wuxia because it's like it doesn't even make sense. Like what? You just press five yeah. things and then yeah. yeah. I feel like that's an essential element of uh, this style. Of Interesting. Film. And that, that whole train, the whole train sequence in the second one, I feel like is is, is also wuxia. I agree with uh, that. Yeah, wuxia-ish. And um, <laughs> the it, it's also kind of like has some like western elements as well. I feel like as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he just he's, he just he just he blends it all in together. I, I want to can I can I recommend a film real quick? Yeah. I just want to throw this out there for anybody that's that's listening that has seen uh, Crouching Tiger and is like, oh, I would like to watch like another film in this uh, genre. There's a movie called um, Ashes of Time uh, that is a really Chinese ass wuxia movie where you're gonna watch it and be like pretty confused what was and every time again? i watch i've seen it like three times now every time i'm like i'm i there's a lot of references to stuff that i know i'm not getting but it's so pretty and so weird to me as a westerner that i keep i've watched it three times now and i'll probably i'll probably keep watching it because it's like the cinematography to it is like really really uh exciting and strange and the plot like just barely makes sense what was, the, um, what was it general, called again so yeah Ashes of Time. Ashes of Time. I mean, yeah. so I do feel like, in terms of my growth, that, like, I, I didn't totally understand what was happening in this movie. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to vary my questions for the No Stupid Questions segment, but it's this, the third movie in a row where my first question could be, like, why are the humans behaving in any of these ways? Because um, <laughs> I'm just not following why people are doing things uh, or why any of it's happening. Um, but... Uh, I, I mean, I loved the wire work. Just like watching people do really well craft wire stuff is so great. Um, but now knowing that it's like, okay, these are just the, like, I just didn't know the rules. And now that I know the rules that are like this made up move that doesn't make sense and, and physics are different in this world and like the choreography is important and the story is going to be weird. I could watch another one and really enjoy it. And that, I, that sounds like a very enjoyable time. Can I, can I do a recommendation for you, Alex, then? Yeah. I, look, I, I'm not going to do that. I was just saying I could. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what? I'm just gonna sit out there because uh, maybe maybe I'll get some like some some oh yeah, it's from from the people around. Uh-huh. Um, any like the Stephen Chow uh, like uh, oh yeah like, movies? So like Shaolin <laughs> Soccer or Kung Fu Hustle are like really fun. And Same sure choreographer like, for uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, pretty God. sure. There's a did we talk about Shaolin Soccer recently on the show? 
I feel like this came up before. Shaolin Soccer? I feel like we did talk about this on the show for some other... Anyway, doesn't matter. Tell me about it's, it. It's... A- it's but I mean it's just it's 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 a it's you kind of take some of these elements of like the all the wire work uh, and like sort of the the kung fu and the martial arts uh, and um, and this sort of like same kind of thing of like different distinct levels uh, of people where it's like oh this person beat this person but this person beats this person uh, and we're kind of stacking it up and you put it into a more like modern setting um, and it's really and they play fun. soccer you know. Yeah. I'm just realizing this now, but it's, I mean, Kung Fu Hustle is kind of like Crouching Tiger, but for comedy, because mm-hmm. Wuxia is melodrama and it can be comedic. So it is kind of the, like, Western-friendly Wuxia film that is also really funny. I mean, th- this both sound very interesting to me. Ooh, so, ooh, ooh. again, not going to do it, but, like, if I was, mm. I would definitely watch those. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back again next week. Next week, your homework for next week is to watch all nine Best Picture nominees for the Oscars. Possibly you can skip Ford v. Ferrari. That is an option. Um, But get as many of the nine as you can. I think I will be in the neighborhood of seven. That's my guess. Um, If you were going to skip two, what would they be? If it was not four... So let me give you the quick rundown. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker... Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Mummy, again, I don't know how they did it, Parasite, <laughs> mummy and again. Ford v. Ferrari. So, um, and Anthony and Hunter, you said you're going to probably skip Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, if you're going to skip two movies, what would be the other one to skip? Uh, I, I would say uh, maybe skip Jojo Rabbit and watch <gasps> A Hidden Life instead, the much superior film about very Dude, similar Dude, I am so uh, with subject you matter. Right now. Ooh, uh, yeah, interesting. Okay, okay. Um, as h- how far do you think you'll be? I'm not. I'm not trying. You're not participating. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you might not even be here then. Um, if you don't want to be, um, that's fair. Um, I, yeah, we didn't talk about it. So. Um, yeah. No, I, I'll say all of these movies in the in this week not gonna happen. Oh, you, so, so so you're I 0 for that. nine. All right, Hunter. How many have you had so far? <laughs> I've seen six of them. Okay, and you're missing Ford v. Ferrari. I need to see Marriage Story, which that's easy. Yeah. Irishman, which is also easy because they're both on Netflix. Well, so, so it's easy because on Netflix, but it's hard because The Irishman is very long. I'm not going to watch it in one go. You uh, can forget about it. If, how- if, if I got to watch it in one go, I'm not watching it. Okay, well, so, <laughs> so how often... I'll okay. email Mar- Martin right now and say, <laughs> if I got to watch this movie, if I got to sit for that long, he can forget about it. All right. He can just take his movie back. <laughs> I just... Uh, all I know about it is that it's very long and that I heard a comic complaining that all the men were, were Italian and he couldn't figure out which one was supposed to be Irish. But that's all I know. <laughs> That's all I have going into this movie is that I have to have a long time and I'm never going to figure out who's Irish. I like that. that I think that's very funny, actually. Uh, um, Anthony, how far are you? Uh, I'm a few behind. I, I same, I've watched Ministry, Irishman. Um, I might just go see Little Women again for the fun of it because yeah, yeah. I really like that. Uh, and I haven't seen Joker yet. I haven't actually dove Wait, into oh, that. Interesting. So. Oh, you gotta, you gotta see that. Of course, you yeah, have to see it. I spent half the freaking time talking about Joker. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, ugh, probably. I um, okay, good. Well, that's good. So we'll we'll be pretty similar. But anyway, so that's next week. We're gonna talk about it's Best Picture time. So we'll talk about those nine movies in some combination, some amount about <laughs> each of them, and most importantly, we'll talk about the Oscars and we'll talk about as a from a film school perspective. 
whether Best Picture is that important or whether the fact that a lot of the times they don't seem that good matters. Um, But maybe not, not, maybe the winner's not important, but just being nominated is important. Um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was important until Green Book won, then I was like, okay, this truly is (laughs) the yardstick of a civilization. integrity. Yes, so, okay, so, great. So, uh, we spoiled that segment, but we're going to talk about its importance (laughs) and uh, whether or not the the winner is always the wrong one, uh, and other things about that. But we'll talk about the Oscars from a film school perspective. So, all of that and more next week on Slightly Condescending Film School. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Ez. Yeah, of course. Enjoy your week off. Yeah. Or, if you want to be critical research failure, also an option. Um, nah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> uh, get, get, some gender, get some gender diversity instead. Well, that's a great idea that I probably won't do, but thanks. Um, which I would love to have a long... Are you just going to do a whole, like, three months with only dudes, Look, dude? It's a lot of... I know it's of, super... It's a, it's, we all sound a little too similar. I agree with I you. I agree. That's definitely a problem. Um, however, booking is super hard. And one of the things about the season so far is that it's easier to book because it's the same people. Mm, so you could try once? Yeah, maybe I'll try it next week since you're not here. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people who listen to podcasts might not realize that like doing a podcast, like the hour of recording, super fun and easy, but the seven hours of emailing people asking about their schedules, not as fun. And so, like, when you when you donate to a show, like, if you, like, become a Meat Buddy at Readers Radio Council, Meat Buddies, your money is not going to the time we're talking. That I would do for free. But I, if, if there was no money, I would not be able to book everybody. So that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the crap part, which is, like, okay, so what if we did 835? Anyway. Uh, but a hard out at 910. Anyway, that's the stuff that's really uh, uh, shitty. But th- anyway, thanks for being here, Anthony. This was a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm glad we all watched this movie. It's I so too. good. I'm, I'm, it yeah. is really good. It was super interesting. And and the thing is, without like without actual like CG, you know, with CGs just taking out the wires, like it looks beautiful still. You oh, know? Like, so it's beautiful! Look, it's gonna age so well. Absolutely, man. I, I loved the wire stuff so much. Um, uh, and and uh, uh, hungry hunty, but most importantly, uh, dumb and busted and space cats pizza turtles podcasts. Uh, thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, check out Dumb and Busted. Yeah, do check out Dumb and Busted. It's a fun, fun true crime show about usually bad criminals, but yeah, sometimes I root criminals. for them. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, it's a very enjoyable show that I, I I was on a year or two ago, and I yeah I, I recommend. All right, great talking, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, go do your homework. Bye. Bye. All right. Yay.